Nikita Koloff, the Russian nightmare, no, the devil's nightmare here from It's Time to Man Up. Challenging men to step into their true manhood. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we're excited about this show today because we're talking about boot camp. Yes, I know we talk about boot camp a lot, but... Really, Andy, why do we talk about boot camp a lot? Why would you say that that's so important to us that we talk about it? Because it's changed every one of our our lives, right? Exactly. It's made an impact on us. It continues to make an impact on us. It does. I mean, when I first went, it was like, okay, I've done this. And then the second one, it was like, okay, I've done this. And thought eventually I would kind of ride off into the sunset. and, And I just kept coming back. And eventually you guys invited me along for the ride. But... Um, there's, there's not many things that have captured my heart. Jesus himself has, but what this gave me, the whole boot camp and, and the masculine journey, walking that out, it gave me more of a story to help me understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew the gospel. I'd been around the gospel, but there were still things that I had not fully understood that this really brought a lot of context to. And a lot of it had to do with just uh, the how central the heart was, because every, everything I tried to do, it was always trying to live a spiritual life through the flesh, and that yeah. didn't work well. Even though I knew that that's what a trap was, I just didn't know how. So anyway, boot camps were great for me, so I kept coming back. Yeah. And so why specifically, Robbie, are we talking about a boot camp this week on the radio show? Because I, if I'm not mistaken, it's boot camp Eve, 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 <laughs> Eve, Eve. Eve. Like next Thursday night, yeah, it starts. It does, and we're hoping that you will join us. Absolutely, you know, it, we we would love to have you there. If you need any information at all, reach out to one of us. Just say you know, Rodney at masculinejourney.org. Reach out to him or Robbie or any of us if you want to ask a question or want more information. We'd be happy to help you. You know, figure out uh, how to get you there. You know, anything you might need. You know, we can tell you everything you need to bring. Really, it's you, a few other things, and just your heart. God will do everything else, right? So, Danny, what specifically is the topic for the, the show that we're, we're talking about today? Well, this is a, a rebooted boot camp topic about specific talks or, or moments at boot camp that, that have impacted our lives. And, you know, as we stated in the earlier show that – you know, all of us, anybody who's been to multiple boot camps, you know, it could be any of the talks or all of the talks. Mm-hmm. And so, but we're just pulling out moments and, and clips and and revisiting those. Right. Well, thank you. Well, Robbie, you actually have the first clip of the this show. So if you want to tell us about your clip or however you want to do it. Well, yeah, I do. Okay. And so it's a totally new clip yes. that we've never used before because it's a new movie that just came out this fall. So you're trying it out. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I am. It's actually my big fat Greek wedding three. So, you know, something a little unusual, but 
Now, Robbie's not been married three times. That's not what we're saying. It's the movies, my bad. Not, yeah. not three times to big fat Greek women. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, Tammy would take great offense at that. But anyway, um, you know, what impacted me, and, and I think that um, the more I think about it, the more I realized that I had, you know, in, in Jesus and Isaiah, you know, 61 says that he's going to open the eyes of the blind. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and the more that I see, I had no idea as many years, you know, as I had walked with Christ and studied the Bible and done all that stuff that I had the blindness that I actually had. And, and so what really surprised me the most is the things that I had hid from myself. Mm. In other words, you may have heard it said, and I believe it's very true that you're as sick as your secrets. But the challenge is that we hide things in our own story that were painful, and because we don't want to revisit them, they go so far down that we no longer realize that we're hiding them. And so this particular clip from Big Fat Greek Wedding is all these people's secrets are going to be revealed all in the same little clip, which is hilarious, actually. It's a great movie, and the idea is that there's an old lady by the name of Athena there, and for those of you who are Big Fat Greek Wedding fans... You know, Father Papalopoulos, who was Mr. Windex, has passed away. And he wants Tula and Ian to take his journal to Greece, where his old buddies would be for this big Greek family reunion. And they're all going to be together, and it's going to be amazing, and she's going to be able to hand off this this, um, journal. But unbeknownst to any of them, there was a big secret that none of them knew, that Mr. Papalopoulos apparently had met this young Greek girl at some point in time and had a relationship with her where now there was a brother that Tula didn't know anything about. Now, the mother of the brother is a fairly scary looking, almost like a witch Greek lady by the name of Athena. And so you'll hear her voice. When you hear it, you go, okay, that's Athena. I get it. (laughs) And she scares. You can hear Tula say, that's just terrifying. But the big secret is that she'd had this son by Mr. Papalopoulos that nobody knew about. And so here his son is getting married now to a uh, a Syrian woman. And you might remember the original thought behind Big Fat Greek Wedding was Ian was a, you know, was a non-Greek. And so you just can't have Greeks marrying non-Greeks. Well, here Athena is very upset because his her grandson is marrying this non-Greek, right? And so like, you kept family secrets, you know? And then she's like, what are you laughing about? What they're laughing about is these secrets that everybody's hold out. There's another young lady by the name of Paris, which is Tula and Elan's daughter, who apparently has flunked out of NYU, and that's a secret that she's kept throughout the whole movie. And she decides to drop this bomb in the middle of the secret sequence. And it's so hilarious because Nick says, you win. I mean, and we'll just play the clip and you can take it from there. Now I have to tell my mother. No. A Greek mother goes through life with two emotions. I love you so much. And why don't you love me as much as I love you? Oh, where does she come from? Oh, come on. You're letting them get married. She's a refugee. With respect, Yaya, she's an immigrant. Like the Ukrainians in the town you give food to. Like Paputo America. You kept a secret from your family. What's funny? Okay, you're terrifying. Uh, (laughs) It's just that Ian and I once kept a secret from our parents too, as did you from yours. I 
quit my job as a busboy and pretended to go to work for two weeks. <laughs> I used to smoke. I failed my entire first year of college. You win. You what? <laughs> Hang on. You failed? We trusted you to go to NYU and you blew it? What happened? Sheltered life, got their freedom, partied their face off. Come on, it happened. Well, you two used to make out in the car like badges tearing apart a bag of Oreos. Pirula. Taki and I used to make out so much, my face is still chapped. Oh, yeah, feel my chin. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Huh? Now I gotta call the dean. No, I will get myself through this. Like I did. You don't need my permission to get married. We are getting married. I give you my permission. <laughs> oh, we are family now. You look Greek. And you look Syrian. Everybody, sing! <laughs> so, so the beauty of, of, to Rodney's point in the earlier show, that when people begin to share their secrets, it, it, it unlocks this intimacy between people that like, oh, it's safe to share my secret, right? And, and then as people get a chance to see, oh, I'm not the only one that has that struggle. I'm not the only one that's messed up. In other words, you've opened up this whole opportunity for things to come out into the light where Jesus can begin to work with those. And, and so for me, the way that that un, un, you know, opened itself up was I could not remember why I'd tried to kill myself. I, I, I'd gone through this whole wound talk, you know, which all it did was give me this huge headache. I just got to feeling horrible every time I would hear that talk because I went to several boot camps to get any breakthrough. And I just get in this horrible headache. I could not, I knew what the wound was. I said, you know, it's not normal to try to kill yourself, but I know I did, but I don't know why. And I really didn't know why. And I tried to think and I tried to think, well, the talk, not long after the wound talk, that the boot camp was the new name talk. And so they talked in the new name talk that, you know, that Satan reveals his strategy that when you can see his point of attack, then you can begin to see where your glory might be. In other words, Satan is actually deathly afraid of something about you. Your identity is that you have something that you reflect God in, and if you don't reflect it, nobody else can. So if Satan can get you to hide that glory, then he wins. And so if you look back in the story of your life, you will find in your own story some idea of the point of attack which would some way reflect your glory. And, and as the person described that, and I couldn't even tell you who gave the talk that night, that made perfect sense to me. So then the idea was to go out, as Harold said, and just listen, like, God, what, what do you call me? So I go out to listen that night, and God says, I call you faithful. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. I mean, really? Like a dog? Like, couldn't I get a better name than faithful? I, you know, and he was like, God, I mean, he was like, Robbie, work with me on this. You know, it's, it's a good name. You're going you're gonna to grow into it. <laughs> and so I said, okay, let me see what the, you know, if I, if I was faithful, you know, how would, if I were Satan, how would I attack faithful? And I thought to myself, hmm, betrayal. And when that word betrayal came into my mind, it was like somebody knocked over dominoes, like, betrayal after betrayal, and all of a sudden it unlocked all these secrets that I had totally hidden in my you know, heart that were now coming to the light, and immediately I remembered 
What happened on my 16th birthday, the night that I attempted suicide, was both my girlfriend and my best friend had betrayed me. And it led to that episode. But what it really did was free me to be able to forgive all these betrayals, to see that my, my battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's been against this force in high places that has known all along that if I can get Robbie to hide and not be faithful, you know, by seeing that, well, I can see what good faithful does me, right? Then, then I win. And so, you know, I love this whole idea of, uh, of us ta- telling our stories that hopefully can get people to feel okay or, or maybe unlock some secret that's in their life and, and it can bring it out to light. Yeah, I know it was said earlier um, in a couple different ways but when I went to my first boot camp, one of the things I really recognized, it was not um, Sunday sermon speak. <laughs> it was authentic emotion, right? And sometimes that comes in different ways, but it was, you could really feel the authenticity of the speakers, you know, which, which we really try to do as well is, is let God lead that. You know, and when you're walking with God and you're walking completely in Him, you say what He lays on your heart. You know, and, and uh, it's not always the things that you would hear on Sunday morning exactly phrased that way. It's not sugar coated. It's pretty straightforward. It's it, it's very real. You know, and when you hear people speak unauthentically, you know it's different. You know, because you feel those things. Yeah. You may not articulate them. Because it may not be really popular in your Sunday school class to to say, "Hey, I'm I'm battling pornography," or you know, <laughs> right? I mean, that may not go over real well for you, you know. Or there's other things you may, you know, not necessarily God called to share there. But you know, when you're at a boot camp and you hear other people sharing those things, you can say, "Okay, this is a safe place." Hmm. You know, the rest of my life may not be safe yet, you know, until I learn to walk in it with God, right? Because one of the things we tell people at boot camp: don't rush off and just Tell everybody everything, walk with God and let God lead you, right? To keep you from getting hurt some more, right? You know, I mean, yes, you may want to run out if you're married and, and share what you had breakthrough with, with your spouse, but God may not want you to right then. She may not be ready for that, right? And so it'll be on his timing, you know, but you always, it's his timing when you're working with him. And, and for me, that authentic talk was huge because it just felt different and I knew it had to be different. And it was real. Not that Sunday mornings aren't real. I don't mean that. It's just it's just different when you hear guys truly just speaking from their heart and walking in it. Yeah, I, I think it would be very hard for a pastor to get up in, in a church service and articulate that and and, and maintain his his uh, employment. Yeah, employment <laughs> is his position exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, that there's no pretense or anything, and it is very freeing, particularly with men. And I. You know, I don't want to impose that on the church, but there is a setting that God's given us, and it's, the boot camp is perfect for it, that guys have been through some stuff. They've seen some things, you know, mm-hmm. and and then to be able to share those, it, it is very freeing. It's very biblical. We talk about it many times. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Pray for each other that you may be healed. And and that's kind of the model that we have set, and it, it is very freeing to do. It's also freeing to be the one that actually speaks that, particularly if you've hid stuff all your life too. Yeah. It's very freeing and liberating, and then it's encouraging to hear, well, when I shared that, 
it it had an impact on somebody else. And it was the same way for me mm-hmm. when I heard it, I'm sure, when I went to the guys that I'd heard be very open and honest on the uh, from the stage to be able to go and say, you know, that really helped me out because I just don't hear that all the time. And it's a shame that in our society that we've all dragging along this baggage. It is a Christian. It is the life. You know, this generation and what we deal with today is probably something it's different than what they had to deal with 100 or 200 years ago. But all the stuff with technology and pornography and all those things that are out there, you know, we've, we just have had to deal with it. And, and, and this is a way I think that we've seen a lot of freedom come to men is to just talk about it. Absolutely. I, I've never, I've yet anyway, to have God lead me in things to say and ever regretted saying anything from the stage. You know, there's times, you know, when I'm just speaking out of my own power, out of my own desire that you get back and you go, Oh man, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Right. You know, and and I've heard you all share intimate things, Mm -hmm. but not once has there been regret at all, Mm -mm. you know, because God's in control of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Andy, you have a microphone in front of you still, and it's your time for a clip. So if you want to go ahead and set that up and, and talk a little bit about it. All right, that. I'll do that. Uh, this clip is from Twin Towers from the Lord of the Rings, and it's, um, you know, for many years— um, Two Towers. Two Towers. What did I say? Twin, Twin Towers? towers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Two Towers. But uh, centuries later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. But— um, the movie really impacted me. I mean, I I wasn't a big Lord of the Rings watcher or anything. And when I first saw this at boot camp, now I've I've been impacted by a lot of talks. You guys have heard this new name, Sonship, really have. But when I look at this, I when I when the topic came out, I was like, you know, there's something that I go to almost on a daily basis, and it's whether I'm choosing to fight, fight for my heart, fight for my family. And you have a daily choice of whether you're going to get up and put the armor of God on or not. And uh, for a long time, I knew about spiritual warfare, but I was a loser in it. I didn't know how to fight. I hadn't been trained. And therefore, I'd kind of given up and just kind of like, you can't lose a battle that you don't fight. Well, yeah, you can. Actually, you can. I was doing it, you know. But realize that we are in a war. This is from the Lord of the Rings when when Aragorn sets Theoden straight on whether they should fight or not in this battle that's impending. Go ahead and play it. Mm -hmm. They had no warning. They were unarmed. Now the wild men are moving through the Westfold, burning as they go. Rick Cotton Tree. Where is Mama? This is but a taste of the terror that Saruman will unleash. All the more potent for he is driven now by fear of Sauron. Ride out and meet him head on. Draw him away from your women and children. You must fight. You have 2,000 good men riding north as we speak. Aymer is loyal to you. His men will return and fight for their king. They will be 300 leagues from here by now. Aymer cannot help us. I know what it is you want of me. But I will not bring further death to my people. I will not risk open war. Open war is upon you, whether you would risk it or not. I mean, it says it all. I mean, we want to play like there's no war that we're in, but we we are, and the enemy is coming. And I, I noticed in, in the early part of that that he's just talking about the fear. You know, you got to take your fears head on and mm-hmm. and and 
and go against those things of where you feel like, I mean, we all have Eden in us where we want to just live a nice, safe life. Whether we like it or not, we are in a love story set in a great battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether we, I mean, in anything that we want, we have to fight for. That's key. That's core desires 101, right? Robbie, I mean, you're, you've got to fight for your uh, for your heart as a man and for anything that you have an influence around. That's becoming a good king, but you and have to be a warrior to do the it. The huge thing that's also in that clip, mm-hmm. when you think about it, is you got 2,000 good men riding north as we speak, right? Yeah. And you tend to think, i got to fight this alone. Right, well, let man. me tell you, you got 2,000 good right. men. In fact, you know, Mark 1030, my Bible, my yeah. birthday verse, says that you have a hundred brothers, and I assure you, you do. Yeah. Right. And and they're riding north as you speak. If you let them know that you're riding. That's right. right? And, and more than that, you you know, as Sam will show us with his clip, you, you have Jesus is right here with you. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, to that point, just to finish up, you're that's exactly right. And we live like uh, on an island and try to do it ourselves. And and that's we 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 take God out of the picture and we take all His. Um, all his warriors that he puts around us, and we just eliminate them. So, um, good point, Robbie. Sam is. Yeah, I was. I was trying to get turn it back on. No, I know Sam you were, but I decided to change to play oh, another clip, yeah, and oh. so I didn't have my glasses on. I couldn't read the. <laughs> I couldn't. Read so the you're thing. not going to be right here, which is. I am, but okay. I, we have time for two clips. I think. Oh, cool, cool. And so I'm going to do this one quickly. This is on warfare as well, mm-hmm. and so this is from the movie Amadeus. So I'm not going to take a long time to set it up. But what you have here is you have the. Uh, the guy that, well, I'm not going to play this clip because <laughs> I'm not going to have enough time. I've got five minutes. So let me let me regroup and I'll just talk about Omaha, it. Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody ought to watch Amadeus so they can see the, yeah. the, the, why Satan is after us. He hates God, yeah. right? And he's going to take it out on his kids. Yeah, and that's basically what the clip says. For me, on the warfare thing, and then I'll move on to the other clip, Warfare was a big one for me because I didn't have a concept of it. I didn't have a context for it. I mean, I understood warfare. I'd seen warfare movies and, you know, been around, I've been in fights growing up, you know, and all sorts of stuff. You know, I knew what warfare was, but didn't really understand spiritual warfare, you know, and, and that movie really helped me see why the enemy hates us so much. You know, he hates God's creation. He hates his children so much because he can't hurt God. He tried to overthrow God in Revelation 12. It talks about he tried to overthrow God, got cast down. He knows he can't do it again. So what's any good bad guy do when he can't hurt the uh, the good guy? He goes after their family. Yeah. And that's what God does, or God does. That's what the enemy does. He goes after God's family. Yeah. Right. And understanding that I don't have to be worthy of his, uh, you know, attention. I'm worthy because I'm God's son. That's right. Right. And that's enough for him to have complete disdain and hate for me. Right. Moving on to the next clip. So at my first boot camp, this was the biggest clip that hit me so hard. And it really rocked my world for a long time. And it was had to, from a movie called Bagger Vance. And in this, you'd think it's about golf. It's not a movie about golf. Golf is a subject matter, but it's a movie about life. And you have a caddy in Bagger who is walking along with um, Juna. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of teaching him along the way. And he's the Holy Spirit character. It's Will Smith. And you have Matt Damon who plays Juna. And in this scene, they've been playing for a little while in this tournament. Uh, Juna's deciding he's just going to quit. And Bagger sees him and stops him. And this is a conversation they have, but it's nothing to do with golf. So let's listen to that, and we'll come back and talk about it. You're going to be wanting a different club there, Juna? 
I can't do this. Hey, you might should just loose your grip up a smidge. You know, a man's grip on his club, just like a That's man's grip on... not what I'm talking about. I know. No, you don't. What I'm talking about is a game. Game that can't be won, only played. You don't understand. I don't need to understand. And a soul on this entire earth ain't got a burden to carry. He don't understand. You ain't alone in that. But you've been carrying this one long enough. Time to go on, lay it down. I don't know how. You got a choice. You can stop, or you can start. Start? Walking. Where? Right back to where you always been, and then stand there. Still, real still. And remember. It's too long ago. Oh no, sir, it was just a moment ago. you to come on out the shadows, Juna. Time for you to choose. I can't. Yes, you can. But you ain't alone. I'm right here with you. I've been here all along. This is one of my favorite movies, and, and it is a good movie. It's well done. But it's not because of that. It's because it's what helped me get tremendous breakthrough in my life. God did all the work. He just happened to use a, a parable, which is what Jesus did. He used a parable in a movie to reach my heart in a way that my thick head wouldn't let it. Right. And so we go through and I'd read Wild at Heart. I, I'd read the book, had been working on my wound and could not. I mean, God brought up some wounds to me. Dad not going to my baseball games, things like that. But I knew it wasn't the quote unquote wound that he wanted to go after. And I was frustrated. It was a couple of years I was trying to get to it, you know? And so I go to boot camp. And so he's like, and during this clip, he's like hitting on my heart, you know, telling me what it is. And so I can't wait to get out, you know, on the mountainside and kind of look over the mountain. And, and I get out there. And, and so he, he tells me what my wound is. And I knew what it was. But I said, no, that's not it. You know, is having been molested as a kid. And he said, yeah, Sam, it is. And, and the way I loved it in this scene is you have a loving character in Bagger Vance who speaks with authority, but in love. And that's how God did to me on the, the side of the mountain. He said, Sam, that is your wound. Are you going to give it to me? Or are you going to keep carrying it around? What are you going to do with it? It's time to choose. And I choose to lean into him and, and started to get some tremendous breakthrough, not just for me, but other things for my family that really helped me become a better father. And all of us. Yeah, for all of us, right? You know, that God's done all that. And, you know, for me, when I watch this movie, it just brings back those memories of things that God did out of love for me to set my heart free. And that's what he has for you at this boot camp today. Not even, then you have to go to boot camp, but please go to boot camp, masculinejourney.org, register next weekend. We'll talk with you next week. This is the Truth Network.